Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms. You can find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin, or you can find us on the Dynasty After Dark YouTube channel, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you listen to the podcast. I am back with another episode with Dale. Dale, how's it going today? Hey, it is going pretty good today. I am really excited to talk about all these crazy trades we got to see today. Yeah, there was some wildness in the NFL. You know, normally the trade deadline gets close and then never really uh never really materializes into anything special, but this year was crazy. Kind of like the offseason, you know. The the offseason just carried right into it. Teams are so much more willing to just go for it, it feels like, which is pretty nice. So, um today we are going to cover some of the NFL trades. We're going to recap our starts of the week last week and give you a couple more going forward. I mean, I, I've been taking a beat in the last couple of weeks in some of these starts. You know, and these are just, you know, guys that I feel confident with. I'm not I don't have any skin in the game where, you know, the actual leagues I'm doing a little bit better in the last couple of weeks, but yeah, I'm trying to be as accurate as I can and I'm not working out so well. And then we'll finish it off with the ERI Dynasty League recap. So uh, that said, Dale, kick us off. Who were your starts last week? How'd you do? All righty. For week eight, I had Tyler Boyd, who just missed the top 24 cut. Um, I was kind of bummed about that. And then I had um, then I had Justin Fields, who was a hit grand slammed against that great Dallas defense. I was, I was really, really happy to see that because I have him in a couple leagues, so... Um, and then, and then, and then last, but definitely least it was Raheem. Do not start ever again. Uh, he, he, he had a very juicy matchup against Detroit and, and actually has another one this week against, uh, against, uh, Chicago, but I think things are going to be a little bit different in South beach. Yeah, the we'll, we'll, we can touch on that. There's a little bit with, with some of the trades and everything, but I will say, the one thing to take into account, a lot of these players traded in the first week with their new teams. It's not always the safest to start them for fantasy football. So, you know, Mostert might ride one more time. He's been pretty good. You know, all these players have down weeks, so you can't hold it against Mostert too much here. But, uh, yeah, it was a rough one for you. On the other hand, myself, uh, I had a rough one as well. Started it off with Bateman last Thursday Got injured very early in the game. Got ruled out pretty quickly as well. So that was unfortunate. I'm pretty sure we recorded during the start of that game. He was ruled out by the time we finished the podcast. So yes. that was a that was a great Brutal. start to my starts of the week last week. Uh, Wandale Robinson was another miss for me. That was just man the, the the Giants for being such a good team this year. You know, on under the radar good team. They did not do very well last week, that's for sure. They they really disappointed last week. Who did they play? They played uh Seattle. Such a juicy matchup too, and Seattle yeah. is rolling, but Yeah. Seattle absolutely shut down everybody on the Giants last week. So uh, it was kind of rough for everybody right there, not just not just Wandale. But then the last guy, I am glad that I recommended starting him. He had a few down weeks in a row, and he delivered big time. This should give me a 3-0 just for the amount of points he scored last week. But A.J. Brown, 40 points. Oh, my goodness. Wide receiver number one on yeah. the week last week. So I do get to Fantastic claim that one. I know. I love to see it because I'm such an A.J. Brown lover, man. Like, I, he's one of my favorite players. And... uh 
to see him balling out like that is so much fun. And that's the one downside, you know, with some of these guys. We get into these dynasty rankings and everything, and Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, my one, two, three at wide receiver in my dynasty rankings. My number four guy, it's just it's getting harder and harder to rank him there. And we'll we'll go off on a little quick tangent here, but CD Lamb, you know, he had a good week this week and he's been solid throughout most of the season. But man, he is getting it's getting harder and harder to defend him because mm-hmm. he he's never had a blow up week like that. I think he's had one game in all three years where he's had a massive, massive thirty seven point one is the only game he's ever gone over thirty in his entire career. It's just it's getting harder and harder to defend him as the wide receiver number four. But you know you get these games from AJ Brown, it just reminds you how special these guys can be. You know at the top, so. Want to see a little bit more from A.J. Brown. I don't know if that's a – it might be a, a Dallas thing, really, to be honest with you, but it's hard to tell at this point in time. So um, that said, we both went one and two, so not the best. So we'll try and pick it up a little bit more this week. Who are your starts going into this week, and why do you like them? All right, so my first start is Miles Sanders. Um, I think he's going to run miles and miles Oh. oh over that really horrible Tex- Texans defense. Um, I think they allowed, what, 200 and something yards of Derrick Henry, and the Eagles are a much better team, and they're just going to run all over that. It's it's the Texans, so um, that's why I really, really like Sanders. Okay, yeah, I, I, I like Sanders, and I got to say, I do like Miles Sanders, but he is no Derrick Henry. Oh, my goodness, that, that guy. That, that I, I agree. What is it? His last four games against Houston, yes. they, he has like 800 yards or something. It's crazy. Uh, it, it's, it's 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 over that. Like I think he's averaged like two, two twenty and two touchdowns Good. or something ridiculous against them. It is ridiculous. It's it's it's, it's insane. I remember a couple of years ago the game where he, he kind of like finally broke out. Do you remember that mm-hmm. where he had like 300 yards? They called him. They were trying to get uh who was it? Dion Lewis. Was that who it was his backup trying to get him in and yeah. get him fed a little bit? And he's like, he's like, go on, man, you, you got this. I, I've already got like 300 yards. <laughs> it's just, they were trying to get him in there to get more touchdowns and he was just handed off. Mm-hmm. Man, Derrick Henry against Houston is a spicy matchup there, but no Sanders is pretty interesting. Who else you got? Um, um so my second player is Josh Palmer. Um, he has a very spicy matchup with the, uh, against the Falcons it's it's the Falcons just gave up a, a bunch of yards to a, a to another bad um Carolina team and they and their defense is bad I don't I think the only defensive player I can name on the Falcons is Grady Jarrett didn't they trade him maybe no that was uh that was the other guy they they traded yeah, somebody yeah. else <laughs> I forget yeah, his name um, yeah I can't remember either but um he's a linebacker he went to the, that's beside the point yes uh yeah so um but but anyways um I think that's a really spicy matchup I really expect Justin Herbert to play a lot better he's had a week off to heal and and there's no Mike Williams uh Keenan Allen is healthy um we'll see I'll believe it when I actually <laughs> see him on the field don't you put this don't I you know, put that evil I'm, on me Ricky Bobby hey I am going to because. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm going to because that man can't stay healthy. I think I mean Allen's a good receiver, but I think Josh Palmer's going to kind of pick up where Mike Williams' legs left off, <laughs> and hopefully not broken at least, you know. But uh, so so I'm I'm really liking Josh Palmer to be the Mike Williams. By the way, Deion um, Jones was the the linebacker that they they traded. 
<laughs> was able to um, pull that up. But all right, yeah, no, Josh Palmer, we'll, we'll talk about the counterpart here in just a minute, I think. Um, but there is definitely, like you said, some upside there. So we'll see which one it's going to be. Is it going to be Palmer? And I guess I'll just spoiler alert it real quick. One of my starts of the week is going to be Keenan Allen. For the same reasons as yours, I like the matchup. I like it quite quite a bit. Herbert is finally coming healthy. And uh, I think that Keenan Allen is going to just be the number one when he's finally healthy. I think he was good to go that last week before the bye, but they held him with caution, you know, just to make sure he's fully healthy. So then Mike Williams got injured and they're like, yeah, we're not going to risk this. We need you after we get back. So uh, I think Keenan Allen is going to be fully healthy and I think he's going to, going to show up in this one, but yeah, we'll see which side of that coin we are correct on this week. All right. Who's your number three guy? So my number three guy is going to be Tyler Lockett. Um, he is playing the. Uh, he's 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 going against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals aren't good. And um, fun fun fact about this game, like it's actually it's the highest over under uh, of the week, which I was surprised about. Um, and I expect, and I'm expecting, really big things from. So I'm expecting big things out out of this game. Um, um, so it's the highest o- o- over under for the week, um, which I thought was really surprising. Um, I think it's going to be a high, a fairly competitive game because both teams aren't super good, I don't think. And I think Tyler Lockett has a really good chance to be Geno's number one. Um, I mean, I mean he's down with the deep ball with him, and with, uh, and with. And with Metcalf being Metcalf, I mean, it's hard to know if he's hurt or, or like if he has to go to the bathroom, you know. So, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. He um, had 10 targets last week. Yes. Yeah, yes, he targets. did. Yes. Oh, so, so, so I'm, I'm really expecting a lot of, out of Lockett, and, and I think he's going to be the touchdown threat compared to Metcalf. Yeah, he's interesting for sure. Um, and uh, we got to say at this point, maybe Seattle is uh, more legit than people want to want to give him credit for. I, I, I think everybody kind of wrote Seattle off this year, but going into the season, you know, they traded away Russell Wilson. Russ has not been that good. Seattle has been pretty good. Maybe maybe it was a Russ issue up in Seattle. You know, the defense is definitely nothing special for Seattle right now, but this offense is definitely clicking. And we all thought this, you know. Yeah. Russell Wilson in Seattle, amazing weapons. Noah Fant, Disley, uh, Lockett, Metcalf, Penny, RIP King, uh, Kenneth Walker. So Geno Smith stepped in, and nobody kind of expected it from Geno, but he has been on fire this year. So, you know, got to give some respect to Geno a little bit at this point. He's he's definitely playing out of his mind. So, um, no, it's definitely going to be a good game, I think. In Arizona, in a mm-hmm. dome, it's going to be a fun one for sure. Yes, it will be. All right, so my other two starts of the week, I already gave you Keenan Allen, are going to be Antonio Gibson and then Deion Jackson for uh, both running backs. Antonio Gibson with the Washington Commanders, Deion Jackson with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Gibson has been very good the last couple of weeks. He's better without Carson Wentz and it's crazy what he's been able to do. Last week, he had a 36% snap share, 20 points. It's just like 
get the feed this man the targets and the carries. Like, why is he not the primary mm-hmm. rusher on this team? Two weeks ago, 39% of snaps. He had 10 rushes, averaged six yards per carry, four catches, you know, 18 yards. It, it's just, why is he not being utilized more? Last week, he had seven of seven for 58. I think that just with. With uh, Taylor Heineke, he's going to be much better. Taylor Heineke loves him in the passing game a lot more than Carson Wentz. He's he's more willing to kind of just dump it off as well. So there's that piece of it. And against Minnesota, Minnesota's been good the last couple of weeks, but they're not the best defense. And and I'm not giving them the full credit of being an elite defense just yet. I think that they're good. Don't get me wrong. I, I like Minnesota quite a bit. They're 6-1. and one, mm-hmm. But I think that their offense is probably the heavy hitters on this team right now and that it's an exploitable matchup, especially with Gibson getting that many targets from Heineke. I think that they're going to be able to get up on Washington pretty early and uh, mm-hmm. they're going to need to pass a little bit more and that's where Gibson's going to shine. So I like Gibson quite a bit. On the flip side is Deion Jackson with Indianapolis, and here's the reason why I like him so much. One of the trades we're going to touch on here in just a little bit, Naeem Hines is gone from the Indianapolis Mm -hmm. Colts. Jonathan Taylor twisted his ankle yet again. He's not healthy, and they're going to have to sit him down, and I get it. It's against New England. It's not exciting. New England is a good defense. Don't get me wrong, but the last time we saw Deion Jackson He had 10 targets, 10 catches, and I think that they are going to absolutely feed the hell out of this kid going into this week. There's no Naeem Hines. There's no Jonathan Taylor. He is going to see a bulk of the carries. You know, Zach Moss is a player we'll touch on. He's probably going to see some work in this game, goal line, short yardage, stuff like that. So he'll probably make up a lot of the carries that Deion Jackson doesn't have. But I think Deion Jackson is going to be heavily used in this game. And against New England, it's not the best matchup. But if you're dying for a start at running back, he's someone that I think is very interesting for me personally. What do you think about those two? Uh, I, I, I really like the Gibson one. Um, I, 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 I do feel that that Washington's going to get down and Heineke likes to pass to Gibson. Um, I, I feel he's a good option for that. Um, the, the only thing I'm worried about is that I know that Ron Rivera hates him. <laughs> it's so passion. ridiculous, man. It's, it's, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I don't get it. Cause I mean, Gibson's a good player. Um, but, um, but I do like that for all the reasons you said. Um, I'm really worried about Deion Jackson because of it being New England, um, because of because of his blow up game was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I mean, yes, they on paper have a pretty stout defense, you know, on their defense line, but you know, like they're not some. I mean, they aren't like the New England defense. So, um, and plus, in and plus, like he got all those targets from Matt Ryan and not Sam. So I think that's going to be the biggest difference in in that Ellinger played a lot in in shotgun, which I mean I'm sure Deion Jackson's used to in college, but it's completely different in in the, in the NFL. So I mean I do think he's going to get some usage, but I don't I don't know I I kind of think he'll be ex- I think he'll be as successful as Johnny Taylor was with maybe a couple more receptions. We will see. I, I would say that the bit, the best comparison for this week for Deion Jackson is Khalil Herbert from the Chicago Bears who played New England just a couple of weeks ago. 
I will say that Chicago is a better rushing team than than the Colts is definitely by far. But you know, twelve carries for sixty two yards, couple of targets through the air, touchdown. Like New England's defense is exploitable, uh, kind of in that intermediate area where these running backs get a lot of their dump offs and stuff. And Deion Jackson, you know, he isn't a high name or anything like that. He's no Jonathan Taylor. We get it, but. He is someone that is just, he's interesting at least, you know, he's not going to be a game breaker, but he's not the most explosive athlete out there, but he's a good player. So I think that he's got a lot of opportunity. And again, he's someone that's more, if you're dying, you know, there's a lot of buys right now. There's a lot of players that are out running backs, always super thin. So he's just someone that I think that you have the potential to utilize in a pinch if you need it this week. So Deion Jackson is going to be my number number three start of the week here. So we'll see how it goes. Let us know your thoughts on our starts of the week over on Twitter, over on YouTube, wherever you're listening to the podcast. And we're going to jump into now just a few of the trades that we saw today. And we're going to recap a couple of those. All right. So the first one we're going to talk about was probably, where do you want to start? You want to start with the first one of the day? We can start with that one. So the first trade that we got a notification on, if you were following along today, was TJ Hawkinson, tight end for Minnesota, was traded. Or I guess I spoiled it there. Tight end for Minnesota now. So uh, the Detroit Lions sent TJ Hawkinson over to Minnesota. This was the craziest trade to me. I do not understand this whatsoever. I get it. He's a good player. But you do not ever trade a good player in division. Like, you know, the only yeah, reason the, the the Dolphins traded Parker over to the Patriots is they think Parker is washed. And, you know, he's he's not the best wide receiver ever. You know, I, I'll take an L on that one. I always liked Devontae Parker quite a bit. But Detroit either hates TJ Hawkinson and thinks he's a bust, or this was absolutely one of the dumbest moves you could have made as a GM. I get it. The trade was good. A second and a third round pick, you know, you upgraded a two-fourths essentially. But, man... Sending him to Minnesota is just wild. I, that is just so crazy to me. So what do you think yeah. about this trade? I think it's really interesting for Irv Smith. Um, I, I think it's fascinating how how like how like much in love that we thought that they were going to be in with Irv and how much they're not in love with him because they traded for Hawkinson well, and, they, and, they, and, and they traded for some of his contract. And, yeah. you know, I will you know, say so. I will say the only thing with Irv Smith, I think they do like him. The problem is his body does not like him and he cannot stay healthy. And that is the biggest loss for Irv Smith. If he could stay healthy, I don't think this trade happens. But instantly after they got this trade done, Irv Smith goes on the IR. So just something to take into account there. Yeah, which which I think is interesting because Hawkinson has has a has a laundry list of injuries as well that he often fights, but I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're as severe as bigger, but um, I mean, I mean, I mean, for it's it's for Detroit. I, I get it because they're trying to rebuild. And I don't think Dan Campbell thinks Hawkinson is part of that. And, and the GM, I don't know their GM, um, but Brad Smith, know, it, I think, it, it, is what his name is. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's something like that. But, you know, I, I don't I don't think they think that he's a part of the rebuild and that he's really worth all that money that they would have to give him for the fifth year option and, you know, and stuff like that. So, which I get it. And they did get pretty good draft capital from that. And, you know, I think that's going to be very, very valuable for their rebuild. 
um, and them and them getting weapons around, guessing the new quarterback, whether that's um, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Really hope it's not Will Levis, but that's. <laughs> yeah, so. it's probably going to be. Uh, I want to say probably uh, Stroud. I'm going to guess, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, the the fifth year option for T.J. Hawkinson is actually nine million next year, so that is a lot. And when you're when you're talking about it, I know that the um, the Lions have a lot of available money next year, but. Mm. Yeah, it's just tough to to commit that to someone that you've never really utilized as the number eight overall tight end. Yep. Different, yep. different um, regime drafted him and everything. So just something to take into account there. And I'm just looking real quick. Uh, Detroit is they have 24 million right now in projected cap space. So that's a third of it right now. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a lot of money to pay TJ yep. Hawkinson. They got Jamison Williams coming back soon. I think that they're pretty happy with their, their dual running back guys with uh, Jamal and, and Deandre. So yeah, to me, it's more of a, a indictment that they're happy with what else they have on their team that they can mm-hmm. get that. But Again, I just thought it was nuts to trade him in division. So uh, yeah, I mean it, it it is, but it's it, it's happening more and more, and it kind of started with the Patriots. Un- I guess I'm um um because they always traded my Dolphins, and they mm-hmm. ended up making the players better sometimes, like with Wes Welker, for instance, years and years ago. So. Yeah. So in terms of T.J. Hawkinson from a fantasy perspective, what do we think about him going forward with with um with the Minnesota Vikings. So they get him next year. They have that fifth year option already uh, activated for him essentially because the lions had activated it. So they inherit that fifth year option with Hawkinson. They can extend him. They can sign him to a long-term contract, but from an actual fantasy perspective, personally, I like it a lot. We always have talked about Kirk cousins and his love for the tight end position TJ Hawkinson fits that really well. Adam Thielen, he's he's someone that we've been talking about for years now. Everyone seems to kind of love him still because he's a touchdown monster, but you know, I don't think he's he I think he's that way because they haven't had a tight end to really utilize in the red zone. And I think that's where TJ Hawkinson is going to really come into effect for this team going forward. I think it's going to probably take him a couple weeks to get up to speed, but I think that Hawkinson is someone that is very interesting for fantasy football purposes. Oh, I, I, I hundred percent agree with that. You know, I, I think his, his dynasty stock rises. Um, you know, I, I, I think it helps out the whole team actually, because it's, it's the more weapons they can add. It's the, it's the more chances that they'll have. And, and and they're already a really good offense with, you know, they have Dalvin Cook, they got Justin Jefferson, they got Adam Thielen when he decides to be healthy, they have mm-hmm. uh, K.J. Osborne, you know, I mean, it, it's a pretty good group of players that they have. For sure. And, you know, and I think he's just going to add to that mix and hopefully hopefully make more points for of for that Vikings offense. And like we said earlier, Minnesota is six and one right now. So they are definitely they have their aspirations on playoffs and making a good playoff run. So yes. I think that this definitely helps that as well. And even when you get Irv Smith back off the IR if he does come back, like I, I'm someone who loved Irv Smith quite a bit. 
TJ Hawkinson is better than Irv Smith. Same draft class, actually, ironically enough, um, which just means that Irv Smith is a free agent next year. He's probably going to be someone that they let go. But I think even this year in the playoff run, they're looking at it as it's just another weapon, you know, just somebody else that they can utilize if Irv can get healthy. So um, real quick, let's just say, where is the line for draft capital for TJ Hawkinson in a, uh, we'll say a non-tight end premium league? What are you willing to give up? Like, where would you put the the line on his value? Is a first enough? Like a late first, an early second, two seconds? How do you kind of feel about it? I was I was I was kind of thinking a late first, um, because you know I, I I really think this year's draft is very top heavy, kind of like last year's draft. I mean, I feel it's better than last year's draft, but um, you know, I feel I feel it's more top heavy. Um, so you know, I think I think if you're in the bottom the bottom quarter of your league you know you know like i i think i think that's a good trade to make for hawkinson um because he's a proven player um and 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 the uh tight end position so key mm-hmm. all the time that like you need somebody who you at least feel can be consistent that's on a good so here's the one thing I will say. So I've already kind of mapped out a little bit of a potential first round, like a, a you know mock draft for next year's players and everything, which is going to completely change depending on who declares and all that stuff as well. But roughly, you're talking like, would you rather have Michael Myers or T.J. Hawkinson? Uh, probably from an athletic standpoint, probably Michael Michael Myers. Right, yeah. and that's where I'm kind of with yeah, it too, well, yeah. but. With Hawkinson, at least you get him this year. So that's kind of the choice you have to make there. Michael Myers is another tight end out of Notre Dame, just FYI for everyone that's kind of not paying attention to the future draft classes just yet. And he's a very prolific tight end. He's kind of like a Kyle Pitts-esque type of player. Very different kind of players. Like Kyle Pitts looks like a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Michael Myers looks like a tight end in a tight end. He looks like a Travis Kelsey. That's who he, he just reminds yeah. me of, you know? So um, legitimately, and I know that there's all those baby Gronks, like TJ Hawkinson was called baby Gronk and all that stuff. But Michael Myers is someone that legitimately looks like Travis Kelsey out on a football field. And uh, he's someone that is going to have very high draft capital as well. So you just got to look at it and look and, and think if you're a contender in your leagues, Hawkinson probably helps you more than Michael Myers, especially this year. But long-term Michael Myers is someone you'd be probably foregoing for TJ Hawkinson. So kind of take that debate into your own mind there. So, um, but no, I would agree with you. Late first feels about right for TJ Hawkinson right now. All right. The next trade that had any real relevance on fantasy football, and we'll, we'll kind of clip through these a little bit quicker. I think Um, Chase Claypool was sent to the Chicago bears for a second round pick. I like this one a lot. We all kind of expected Chase Claypool to get moved. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought it was going to be to Green Bay. So the fact that Chicago, and, and the hilarious part is, there was the reports that Green Bay also sent a second-round pick to Pittsburgh in an offer, but Pittsburgh said, no, we'll take Chicago's instead. So there's that. You know, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Chicago snipes their division rivals. Uh, <laughs> I saw a meme on Twitter today. It's basically the... Uh, the Lions, Vikings, and Bears all 
coordinated just to screw the Packers today, which was pretty good. So you love to see that there. Um, But as a Bears fan, you know, I'm a Patriots fan, but my favorite NFC, I grew up near Chicago. I've always been been a Chicago fan. I do love this. I talked about it a little bit on another podcast I did earlier today. Um, for Let's Talk Sports, so you can kind of go see some of my thoughts there. But Justin Fields is someone that's been really balling out the last couple of weeks. He's really shown what he can do, and he's been doing it with like janitors as his wide receiver number one. So <laughs> the fact that Chase Claypool, we he's been a controversial player for quite a while. His ego is kind of unchecked and things like that. But what he's going to be able to do for this offense is going to be massive, whether you like the player or not. He's going to be able to open up someone like Darnell Mooney, who's now the de facto wide receiver one for the team. Now Chase Claypool is going to be the guy that's going to get a little bit more of that that heavy coverage from the opposing defenses, and it's going to open up Darnell Mooney a little bit on the other side. So Chase Claypool is a completely different type of receiver than what they have right now. He's better than everyone else that they have right now, and for a second round pick, that's a pretty heavy investment. So I like this a lot. What are your thoughts on, I guess, on Chase Claypool and his potential, like uh, his fantasy outlook for the Chicago Bears? And then we can touch on quickly the the hole left by him with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I, I really like the trade for the Bears. Um, I feel that a second round, I don't know if a second round pick was too much for him. Yeah. Because I think Claypool is still a little bit of an unknown, a little bit of an unknown. Like there still is the raw talent that he has, but I think there's there's a lot of unknown and a lot of things that we don't know what what was going on in in the locker room in Pittsburgh, you know, kind of stuff. But you know, I I think for Justin Fields that helps him tremendously. Like it's the best NFL actual wide receiver he's going to play with. Um, and that, and that, and that and that's going to be really really exciting like instead of him throwing to the to like in uh to like in in kill harry who can't catch <laughs> a ball into into st brown who can't catch a ball into everybody else every every other wide receiver on the team that really can't catch mm-hmm. so you know, I, I think it's going to help his his confidence and you know in and like his development as a quarterback having somebody who's competent enough to catch a ball and it's going to free up Darnell Mooney. You know, I think it's going to help. It's going to help uh, like uh, Monty and Herbert. You know, I I think it's going to help the whole team be a little bit better. So yeah, um, definitely. But go ahead, go ahead. So 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 it, it's it's for the draft capital wise. Like I I kind of feel it was a lot to give up because I feel that's going to be. I mean, and it's not going to be like a high high second, but it's still going to be probably within the top. 40, 45 picks. So like that still is a pretty pretty good investment of, you know, of of you know, it, it's it's a pretty hefty investment in a player that still has a lot of unknowns and, you know, I mean, I feel it's a decent, but I I feel that they gave up the higher pick that's in the top, you know, 45 picks you know in in this in this in this upcoming draft which that could be a a decent player compared to like the uh like for the roquan smith and the ravens trade where probably going to be a you know a lower probably in the 50s pick yeah he's definitely someone that's interesting for sure um and you know what's going to be funny is 
for for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think at this point they kind of realize that they're they need to retool. Their their defense is not what it once was. Their offense is a little bit, you know, it's it's underdeveloped. They got a rookie quarterback that isn't as good as kind of anticipated. Their offensive line needs work. Najee Harris is looking has, rough. It's looking rough. Has so regressed a lot. Yeah. So I think that they kind of realize that that they need to do something. And all the rumors are Chase Claypool and Mike Tomlin did not get along whatsoever. So it's not a surprise there. The other guys that they do have, they just paid Deontay Johnson a ton of money. So you know he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And then George Pickens looks like a stud. We've talked about this a thousand times. So the the funny thing is going to be what they do with that second-round pick next year. And knowing Pittsburgh, I'm going to make an early prediction. I'm going to make it here now. I think that Pittsburgh next year, because they're so good at drafting these wide receivers and everything, they're going to get Jordan Addison with that second round pick. And Jordan Addison is a USC wide receiver right now. He's a junior. He is a top wide receiver in this draft class. You know, his stats are a little underwhelming right now, but it's USC, you know, it's it's kind of tough over there. But he was the number one target from Kenny Pickett last year in Pickett's last year of college. So I think they're going to go and try and get him next year and replace Chase Claypool with a cheaper option because that's just what they do. They just don't extend wide receivers. I think uh, A.J. Brown and Deontay Johnson and I guess Juju, the one-year extension, are the only guys that have ever gotten an extension from Pittsburgh. They just replace these guys. That's what they do. So um, we will see. But, yeah, Chase Claypool, before we move on, I guess we'll just talk over-under on his. What do you think his his value is right now in terms of draft picks? Personally, I would say like an upper two feels about right with next year's draft class. I know that he's the number one. He's the number one for the team, but it's just it's a it's a big share of a small pie, so it, it does yep. make me a little nervous. It gives me um it almost gives me Amari Cooper vibes when he came over to uh to Dallas from the Raiders. I just the only difference is I don't think that they're going to utilize Claypool the same way as they did Cooper and I don't think Claypool is as good as Cooper was so um so yeah that's kind of the comparison that I thought of when I when I saw this trade but yeah I think that an early second feels about right for Chase Claypool yeah no I I agree with that you know um you know I I think I would rather kind of have Hawkinson I guess I would say like if, if if we're going off comparisons you know you know I think I'd rather have Hawkinson now with that offense compared to Claypool and Bears offense now, but you know, I definitely think there's a lot of potential there for him to be like a you know at, at like towards the end of the year to be like you know in in contention for like a like a mid to low first round pick or mid to round. late yeah, yeah 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 yep I got you so all right next guy we're going to talk about was in a package trade so essentially the miami dolphins acquired bradley chubb there you go buddy that's a interesting trade i don't really love it personally for him but you know teach their own but they gave up a first round pick a fourth round pick and chase edmonds for bradley chubb so chase edmond goes over to denver um 
what do you think about this one real quick? We'll touch on this one really briefly because I just could not care less. I do not like Chase Edmonds. I've never liked Chase Edmonds. I didn't believe in him in Miami. Kind of kind of paid off there. And uh, him going to Denver, I don't think it changes anything. So I think he's no. still going to be kind of worthless. This might boost him that you can sell him now. Um, if it was me, I'd be selling the ever-loving hell out of him right now. for. And we'll just touch on this real quick. I think a mid-second, I would give Chase Clay, or Chase Edmonds. If you can get a mid-second for him, do it now. Bravo. Do it yeah, now. Yes. I, w- I would absolutely do that. I think Edmonds has very little value. Um, I would rather have Melvin Gordon than Chase Edmonds. I, yep, I agree um, with you. I, I, I've never really liked Chase Edmonds either. I didn't really I, – I was, I was eating the hype in Miami because he was the only back there that seemed like had any – know any in any legs under him but you know i really like to trade for miami personally mm-hmm. you know um i i kind of i i think it was really smart of them to flip um houston's first that they got in the laramie tunsil trade to trade to san francisco for lance yep and 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 and, and, and in that trade they they ended up getting waddle Tyreek hill and now bradley chuck yeah, it's crazy what they were able to so, get with so, that. So, so I, I would, I, I, I really like what they did, and I feel that makes them definitely a Super Bowl contender. Um, but as for Chase Edmonds, um, if you have him, get rid of him as fast as you humanly can, because he will have no value. All right. So conversely, with that trade. The Miami Dolphins were not done trading. They actually sent a fifth-round pick in 2023 for Jeff Wilson from the San Francisco 49ers. This one was a little bit more interesting. So um, Jeff Wilson, he's not been somebody super prolific in his career so far, but but yeah, he he's someone that is at least interesting with what they were able to do with Mostert coming over. You know, I think everybody kind of thought Mostert was going to be dust after his tenure in San Francisco. And it looks like Mike McDaniel does have a little bit of special magic. It wasn't his week this week, as we talked on earlier, but Mostert's been pretty good this year. Now, Jeff Wilson is another guy that has a history with Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel might know how to utilize him a little bit better. And sending a fifth-round pick for him is actually decent capital for a 26 year old running back on a one-year deal so um i think that it's interesting uh what do you think the the implications of this trade are for your team uh i think it's really good i mean i mean i'm i i'm i'm glad we have another back other than mostert to to put out there to to give this team a little rushing ability um and to have them not be i mean i i like their pass offense i think it's great you know, I, I think I think Waddle and Hill are averaging twenty receptions a, a, a week or, so, or something, something ungodly. You know, yeah, it's been crazy. It's been crazy for them, but you know, I, I think that's going to help. That's going to help everybody to have to have a rushing game, um, and then hopefully they won't have shootouts every week. Yeah, Jeff Wilson will, was a little bit more of a ground and pound type of guy with the Niners, so um, doesn't have the best receiving numbers just on in general right. uh, i think the most he's ever had is 28 targets so it's not something that you're really looking for in that aspect but on the ground he has been pretty explosive when he does get the ball you know you look at sleeper you look at his his yards per carry he's almost always in the green so he is very efficient when he does get the ball just doesn't ever really get a ton of usage but you know earlier this season he had a four game stretch where you know 
84, 75, 74, 120 yards. It's a little bit more interesting. Now, again, in terms of draft capital, I'd say probably, you know, if you can send Chase Edmonds for Jeff Wilson, I would do that trade. I'd rather have Jeff Wilson than Chase Edmonds. Um, and I think that's roughly the same amount of value late second early mid second probably feels about right for Jeff Wilson. He's probably a depth piece. I don't know if he'll ever be a real starter, but he's someone that I think could have some value touchdown upside in a pinch. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I w- it's, it's like what you said. I'd much rather have Jeff Wilson than Chase Edmonds. Um, I mean, I mean, especially with the offense he's on compared to Denver, I think like I'm, I'm just surprised that Hackett still has a job and is still, is still coach, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah, it's first year. You got to give them a little bit. That's uh, the one thing I, I, no, I will say no, we got to, no. we got to give these coaches a little bit more time. You got to give them some time to learn because the one thing, you know, you have a job, we all have jobs, right? Like if you got a whole, you went from being, you know, whatever, let's say you're a manager now, now you're running the company. You're going to make mistakes. You know, you don't really know. You have an idea of what what it means yeah. to do with these things, but you got to kind of learn through experience. Some people are a little bit more like that. So I, I'm always on team. Give them a little bit of time. You know, you can find out pretty quickly whether they're going to excel or not at it. And I think Hackett right. is, is, is improving over time. It just, we need to see a little bit quicker improvement. And the question is whether it's Russ or Hackett, but again, we won't get delve into that one too deeply, but right. yeah. All right. So the next trade we're going to talk on is probably the most complicated trade I've ever heard in my life. Um, this one, this one came out of blue. I honestly, the God, I did not see this one coming today. So the Jacksonville Jaguars traded for Calvin Ridley. They gave up a fifth round pick in 2023. That can be a no, sorry, a sixth round pick in 2023 that can be a fifth round depending on when Calvin Ridley is reinstated into the NFL. And then a 2024 fourth round pick, um, which can be up to a second round pick depending on some milestones, you know, uh, playing time makes it a third, a long-term extension makes it a second. So it's one of the most convoluted trades I've ever heard. A second, let's say best case scenario, a second and a fifth for Calvin Ridley, who is suspended this entire year is wild. I did not see that coming whatsoever. I think when he does come back, he'll be on his fifth year option. So he's $11 million that year. And Jacksonville being the ones to make that trade, We've all talked about how they need a wide receiver number one. I think it would have been easier just to draft one, to be honest with you. But, you know, they went and got Calvin Ridley. What do you think about this one? Now, again, this is going to be long-term dynasty because Calvin Ridley is not playing a single snap in 2022. So you are not going to get to even see him play until potentially the start of next year. If he doesn't get reinstated, it could be even longer. So this is a major risk by Jacksonville. Yes. Um, I mean, I get it, but they also have so much money in, in their wide receiver room right now that it's crazy, mm-hmm. you know, and I just, I, I get it because they're trying to be competitive in a very weak AFC South, yep. you know, um, you know, I'm, I, I mean, I feel that the Titans are, I mean, the Titans that are leading that are like going to try to lose it as much as possible this this year but um i think it's interesting you know he's kind of a cheap cheaper option but i mean he's he's gonna be 29 next year 
He'll be tw- you know, he's, he's gonna be currently 27 and 323 yeah. days old, <laughs> according to Spotrack. <laughs> right, right. So you know, I mean, he's basically a grown ass man, and mm-hmm. you know, and he and he's going to be an old ass man here soon. And I don't know, it's going to be interesting. I get it, I get it, but there's a lot of I get it for what if it's just like a fourth and a fifth, that's not so bad. But I wouldn't be shocked if um if really? they try to. Um, Realistically, it's probably going to be a fifth, probably a fifth and a third. I'm guessing third. that's not bad yeah, for no, for Calvin Ridley. If blessing. they extend him, it's a second. That's where it gets a little bit more expensive. Right. But again, if they let him walk, that third is a wash, right? They get a compensatory third round pick. So, um, you know, a fifth right. for Calvin Ridley, it's not the worst, you know. But it is a weird yeah, one. I, I mean, did not I, see I, this I, one I, coming. I don't hate it. Okay, yeah, so like I don't hate it, but it's just it's just weird. In terms of Calvin Ridley, here's the one thing. So if you're in a full rebuild, you're the only one that's really going to be making this move. What are you giving up for Calvin Ridley if you want to take a stab on him next year? All right, so personally, I'm probably giving up uh, an upper second feels right. I mean, he's very good when he yeah. plays, but what do you think his value is it's 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 just if he plays and yeah i i I would say a second is probably good for rid like a mid second is fair i think you know an upper second if if you just want to get it done yeah yeah i mean uh, yeah that would be it i would not want to do a first for second and a third maybe like a mid second and a third yeah the only thing is if you're if you're the thir- if you're the Calvin Ridley owner, are you giving him up for that? Probably not. You're probably just holding him, right? Hoping that he yeah, can yeah, can I, ball I would, out. Yeah, I mean, I, I would much rather hold him now. Like I've already held him this far. I might as well see where it goes. Yeah, that's the only thing. I we we talk about this all the time with these players, you know, just oh yeah, he's he's worth this, but you got to find someone willing to pay that, right, or take that. Nope. And that's the hard thing because. Calvin Ridley, he it probably what it takes to get the deal done is a late first. And I don't know if he's worth that. He might be, but it's a risk, right? So you just have to yeah. sorry, I got a little bit of uh hiccups here. You got a little bit of uh you got a little bit of risk management that you have to look at for your for your team. Are you willing to pay that late first and and just get the deal done? And then if Calvin Ridley balls out next year, it's gonna be good news for you or you know, or you just don't do it and you 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 don't get Calvin Ridley. So you got to kind of make that choice. If you can get it for a second and a third, I think that's more than fair. Um, that's a good offer for him. But again, I, if I'm the Calvin Ridley owner, I just don't know if I do it for that because you've been holding him so long. You kind of want to see what he can do. So it's going to be interesting, but that's kind of what our thoughts are on it there. And then we'll roll into the last trade, which was we we touched on a little bit earlier, but Naeem Hines was traded from Indy to Buffalo. This was another head scratcher for me personally because they gave up Naeem Hines for Zach Moss and a sixth round pick. So at least they get a running back back, I guess. Buffalo has been done with Zach Moss for years now. You know, they just do not like him. But the fact that they moved Naeem Hines while they don't have Jonathan Taylor with the ankle injury was just so weird to me. Like, I don't get that whatsoever. Like, I understand that the the, the Colts are bad. I understand that completely. 
but they're a half game out of first place in this division. A half game. Like, I don't understand why they're kind of thrown in the towel. Like, I understand they should throw in the towel. They're bad. They're very bad. I don't get me wrong there. They're a bad team, but right. I just don't understand from a from a mindset of the coaching staff and everything. These guys want to compete nonstop every single week, even when they're not supposed to. You know, you're supposed to tank for Tua mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. You know, you won five, six games. These guys don't care about tanking as much as they should sometimes. So the fact that they moved Naeem Hines was just very odd for me. No, I, I agree with that. Um, I like it's it's it, it is fascinating to think that they're only what a game and a half behind you said. Half a game, like Tennessee half, is four half, and two. Half, half a game. Yeah, Tennessee's yeah. four and two. Half, They've half, had their bye, yeah. but the uh, Indianapolis Colts are three, um, what, three, three, four, four and, and one. one. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it, it is interesting, and it feels like they threw the talent once they transitioned from Matt Ryan to Sam Mellinger. Yeah. You know that, that that that's what I feel, and I feel they're just trying to get some something out of Hines, and I think Jim Irsay was trying to get him to a good team because. He deserves it you know that's kind of what i think you know so um i think you know it's for indy uh loss is interesting but worse off than when he was in buffalo obviously yeah um, i agree there you know you know um and then naomi hines that's gonna be interesting with you know it's the it's a three-headed monster of james cook now naeem hines and Devin singletary yeah, I think it's gonna be. I, I think it's gonna be more Singletary than. Well, I I I feel it's gonna be more Singletary and Hines this year. Yeah. So um, this is what I said on on another podcast, the the let's let's talk sports podcast I did earlier. So essentially, the way that I I look at this is basically the Bills sent a second round pick for James Cook. Dalvin Cook's little brother, he's very explosive. We've kind of seen it through the few touches he's had this year. But what he hasn't been able to do is pass block very efficiently. And it's not saying that he's never going to be able to do that, but the Bills are a Super Bowl team. Let's let's just put it bluntly. They're a Super Bowl caliber team. They want to go to the Super Bowl. They want to win the Super Bowl. They cannot afford James Cook not being able to pass block right now. And Naeem Hines is the less explosive but better, more well-rounded version of James Cook. So um, that's how I kind of view Naeem Hines. I don't know from a fantasy perspective that he's going to do anything really for this team. I think he's just going to fill the James Cook role, which hasn't been that lucrative so far as it is, you know, but I think that they're going to, he's probably going to see a lot more snaps. It's going to be the three headed monster. I think Devin Singletary is probably going to be around probably 60% of snaps. Naeem Hines around 30% and probably James Cook around 10, 15%. So it's, it's not great. It definitely hurts everybody there, but this backfield was already kind of rough in my opinion. So mm-hmm. um, I just think it kind of kills it completely. There's like no upside to any of these guys anymore, but yeah, that that's my thoughts on it. What do you think? No, I, I agree with that. Um, I think Heinz is more interesting if, well, I, I, I feel like he's more interesting than, uh, Moss was in Buffalo, in my opinion, because yes, yep. he's, he's more the pass catcher, you know. So I feel like he has he has more potential there. 
Um, and you know, I think he's going to be really good. He's probably going to be there for a couple of years because his contract is, is up at the end of 2024. So, you know, I feel that helps him there. Um, you know, I, I, th- I think he's the better, I think he's what they wanted Zach Moss to be, uh, and, and <clears throat> James Cook to, to, to kind of be at this point in his career. So, you know, um, it, it's to be the more solid, like third down back and kind yep. of, kind of that kind of that guy that's there to help out. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I will say, I, I was just looking at his contract real quick. They, after this year, he has a two year, $10 million uh, contract with zero dead cap. So they can cut him for free after this year. So um, that's what I'm saying. I don't think this is long-term anything. I just think that it's an upgrade as they go for their Super Bowl run here this year. Um, and they kind of let James Cook develop behind Naeem Hines a little bit here. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it from a James Cook perspective. I like him a lot more next year. Um, and, and in terms of explosion and everything like that, I think that James Cook is definitely better than than Naeem Hines by far. But yeah, I just think that what they're saying is he's not ready right now for all that responsibility. Uh, Naeem Hines is going to slot into that role, but I just don't see him as a major upgrade for this offense for fantasy at least. I, I just... I think that explosive yeah. factor, yes. you, why go with him over um, James Cook? If you're going to throw to the running back on the play, if it's a design pass to the, to the running back, just put Cook out there, right? Um, if it's going to be a running play, it's going to be Singletary, and Naeem Hines is kind of the the guy that's going to be the rotational guy that can pass block and, you know, in an emergency scramble situation, he's the guy that can get those dump offs. So. From a fantasy perspective, you know, third round pick. If I'd be selling Naeem Hines, hopefully on this on this news, because I think from a long term perspective, there's really not much hope there. Um, again, I think they're going to cut him after this year for zero dead cap. So, yeah, there's not a lot of long term potential in my opinion. All right, so that is the last of the trades. There was quite a few, and and we didn't touch on all the trades. There was quite a few defensive players that got moved around today. It was kind of surprising to see how many trades. I love to see it, but it was quite surprising. So that said, we are wrapping up with our uh, Dynasty advice, and we're going to just flip over into a recap on ERI week number eight, my home league, uh, work league, just following along through the season. If you've been there with me this whole time and the pain and the anguish that I've felt this year, it's been rough. Um, but this week we got a victory. We got a win. It was close. Good Lord. I was supposed to smash this matchup and freaking (laughs) I'm so frustrated, man. Evan McPherson, one of the best kickers in the league, Got negative points and almost lost me the week. What in the world, man? Like, I am cursed in this league right now. I am cursed. So I was going up against um Amon Amission, Rob. He was two and five. I was one and six. Like, goodness gracious. One my team is just so depressing. Barely pulled out a win. I was supposed to smash him, but 114 uh for Rob, 118 for myself. Got my second win of the season. Love to see it. You know, Rob didn't put up the second most points on the week this time. So that's good to see. Not the greatest points performance for myself, but this mm-hmm. week was a very weird week in terms of fantasy. The The point distribution was just wild. It was so top-heavy on like five guys. It was just absolutely nuts. I mean, you look at the running backs. 
running back number one, 42 points. Running back number 12, 28 points. Oh, wait, sorry, that's all. Uh, the running back number one, 42 points. Running back number 12, 20 points. Running back number 24 was 12 points. Like, it's just so crazy, the distribution that we saw this week. And, uh, yeah, it, it was across all the different positions. If you had those guys that blew up, it was good for you. So, um, I did not have those guys, obviously, for my points. But, yeah, Tom Brady... Last, you know, last Thursday, we saw that game live. Finished with a not terrible, terrible game, all in all. All things said, um, 18 fantasy points. Jared Goff, slightly better, but, you know, with Tom Brady only having nine touchdowns on the season, it's crazy. He's leading the league in yards and only has nine touchdowns. That's absolutely wild to me. That's why I think better days are ahead for Tom Brady. Um, Tony Pollard, I had to go against him in this league. Like, goodness gracious, almost lost. It was supposed to be a bigger blowout, but Tony Pollard kept it close. 35 points for Pollard versus 15 for Saquon. That was pretty much it, though. Um, everywhere else, it was pretty much a wash, except CeeDee Lamb over Daryl Henderson. Uh, Swift versus Melvin Gordon was a wash. Swift is just getting worked back into it. You know, he didn't have the best performance. He only had 55% of snaps. He got vultured on two touchdowns by freaking Jamal Williams. Jamal. So he's got to deal with it, I guess. CeeDee Lamb had a good day. Dallas Goddard was pretty good. Should have started Kyle Pitts, to be uh, honest with you. Oh, my goodness. I can never catch a break, man. Kyle Pitts was so good this week. Uh, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, again, the Bucks have just been struggling. Bateman got me a gooser because he got injured. We talked about him earlier, but... Yeah, on the flip side, Higby had a down week. Amon Ross St. Brown, solid. Like to see that. Wandale, we talked on him earlier. And Gus Edwards, just a struggle fest there. So it was close, but ultimately I got the win. On my bench, two better quarterbacks, Fields and Dak Prescott, than Tom Brady. I'm telling you, man, I'm cursed. I am cursed. Eventually, all three of these guys are going to be over 20 points, and I'm going to break the 20-point curse. It's going to happen just because it has to happen eventually, right? Uh, Deonta Foreman on my bench as well. That dude has been killing it. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. He's got Cincinnati this week, but Deonta Foreman is someone that is wild to me because last year – he played for, uh, who was it, the Tennessee Titans while Derrick Henry was yeah. out, and he was solid even then. Like, Deonta mm -hmm. Foreman is someone that, you know, tore his Achilles a few years ago, finally made it yep. back, and he's been pretty good for about a year and a half now when given the opportunity. So 32 and a half points for him um, on my bench there. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. Allen Robinson had 10 points. You like to see it because the usage is there. Kyle Pitts had 19 points. We talked about him. But Allen Robinson is someone that's a little bit interesting. We we were talking before, before the podcast, and, you know, you kind of didn't like him. But he is averaging about six, six targets a game the last seven weeks. Cooper Cup has his injury. I think that there's some potential there for Allen Robinson moving forward. And he, he gets a lot of red zone targets, man. A lot know, of them. I know. I know. I don't, I don't hate it. I just don't like what they're doing in LA right now. And it's just, it, the it just feels is bad. Gross. It's really it bad. Just, it, it just feels really gross. I agree. It's it it's rough there in, in LA right now. Um, DK Metcalf on his bench as well was the only other player there, but DK, what a freaking nature, man. He wasn't even supposed to play. I, I don't even know what the injury was, but <laughs> didn't matter. Didn't matter. 
Um, as we go forward, though, I, I'm trying to everybody listen, everybody in the league. I'm trying to trade you players. Take me up on the offers because I don't want to give myself hope. This upcoming week, I have another easy matchup. I have uh, Max this week, and then I have Ken the week after, and then it's a murderer's row of Ryan, uh, James, and and Dan. Like it's just it's killer the next couple of weeks. I know I'm going to give myself hope because I've got such an easy slate of matchups here in the next yep. couple of weeks. So please trade me these guys so I can just. I can suck and, and and know that I suck. You know what I mean? Like, just do me that that I'm, solid. And I'm going to tell this league to not trade Calvin so <laughs> he can get his hopes up and then have his dreams get crashed down in a big ball of flame. No, please. I've suffered enough <laughs> this year. I've suffered enough. All right, so the next matchup we'll talk on real quick. This one was, it, it came down to the wire. And ultimately, the... Cleveland Bengals, or the Cleveland, the Cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> the Cleveland Bengals, that'd be an interesting Brady. team. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals really let Braden down in this one. Um, he was projected to lose by three going into that game, and Cincinnati got nothing done. Did they get shut out completely, or what was their final score? Do you remember? Uh, it was 32-13, okay. yeah, but they scored in the second half. It was yep. kind of, it was like, just trash touchdowns. Yeah, it was all garbage time. It was rough for uh for all those guys there. But yeah, Eric got the victory, no punt intended, versus Braden. Um, this was a big matchup because if Braden had won, he would have locked up second place right now. He would have taken possession of second place, and that would have been good for him as we go towards playoffs with the buys. Um, if Braden can get a buy, that's pretty interesting. His team is is interesting you know you didn't have Austin Eckler this week so that definitely hurts him a little bit there but you look at the matchup Josh Allen had a little bit of a down week even in this in this week two interceptions against Green Bay um Joe Burrow had a down week for Braden so it was about a wash slight edge to Josh Allen still Josh Jacobs had a really down week this week they got shut out I do remember that New Orleans defense finally showed up where we kind of expected it to be at the beginning of the year Tyler Algier for Atlanta got the touchdown. Pretty solid day. Um, Carolina's defense, pretty good. That's that's a good salon against Carolina, you know, for all things considered. Joe Mixon for Braden on the other side. He had to start Devin Singletary. Again, we just talked on the Buffalo backfield. Not something you want to be starting if you can avoid it. Brandon Cooks versus Michael Pittman. Brandon Cooks is another guy. We didn't talk about him earlier. I am shocked he did not, he did not get traded, by I the way. I am too. I yeah, I'm very shocked. I agree. I, I I feel he would have been a good fit in Green Bay or he would have been a good fit in else. LA. He would have been a good fit yeah, in, anywhere. Anywhere else but Houston, yes. Man, could you imagine if the Bears would have given a third for like a second and a third gotten Brandon Cooks and Chase Claypool? Ooh, that would have been spicy. I I, I think they would have been playoff contenders in in the NFC. Yeah, it is that's actually possible. On, 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 honestly honestly. All right, then uh, it was a, basically a wash between him and Michael Pittman, a wash between Jerry Judy and Brandon Ayuk, and Mark Andrews had the injury early, big loss there. Travis Kelsey was on bye. So Braden got he, he got a good matchup this week against Braden with all the byes. Um, so Mike Gusecki outscored Mark Andrews. Amari Cooper outscored Chris Olave. Chris Olave just didn't really have a chance because Alvin Kamara took like every touch in the game. Every, I every another guy, one. another guy that didn't get traded. Like I was shocked by that. You know, 
It had to have been because they won that game. They think that they're still contenders. It yeah, had to have been. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not surprised about Kamara. I'm, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that he did. Dude, they're three and five. They're three and five. They I'm, have to think I'm, that they're I'm, contenders. I'm still not. I'm still not surprised, and they'll and they'll probably trade him in the offseason. This team, I swear to God, the the freaking New Orleans Saints. They, I, I hate this team. I hate them. They're so bad, and they just refuse to believe they're bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're a hundred million over the salary cap already next year, and you're three and five. Like you're bad. You're so bad. Whatever. All right. Next matchup was a little bit of an interesting one. It got a little spicy, but uh, ultimately, Dan. Ended up putting the hurting on Ken. Ken was kind of rallying the last couple of weeks. He is looking like the final playoff contender right now. He's got a one-game advantage over Keelan right now. So Keelan's catching up. And technically, I can still catch Ken if uh, everything... This oh. is what I'm saying. Stop me from getting hope, guys. Don't let me get hope. Give him hope. No. Give him hope. Don't then, do it. But yeah, Ken yes. had a great week. 160. You know, normally that's pretty good, but Dan is just unstoppable right now. 185. Dan wasn't even the highest scorer on the week. Ryan, when we get to him, holy moly. Um, Russell Wilson for Dan, though, another disappointing week. Russell Wilson has just been disappointing all year long. Um, big week for Tua Tagovailoa. Travis Etienne versus Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's going to be out for another couple weeks, and he's been bad this year, man. He's been... It's been rough, and and been that's rough. kind of the the worry for Jonathan Taylor. You know, it's crazy. Week one, twenty eight points, and ever since he's only broken double digits twice. That's rough on yeah, the year. It's been it's it's been rough. Travis Etienne, though, on the other hand, is looking good. He's looking. They got rid of James Robinson. He's looking very interesting for fantasy yes. football. Uh, McCaffrey, though, for Dan, does not care. This is what we expected when he went to San Francisco with that trade. That is so good. Passing touchdown, receiving touchdown, rushing touchdown just cannot be stopped. 40 points for him. Miles Sanders had a decent week as well. Again, decent week of 14 points, and it just did not matter when you got Christian McCaffrey going for 40. It was so many points in this in this week. Um, this one was kind of disappointing. I think Adam Thielen would have had a better game, but he got injured pretty early in that game as well. Tyreek Hill on the other side for Dan, another great, he just cannot be stopped. This Miami offense is just ridiculous. Justin Jefferson, he's kind of been down to earth, you know, the last couple of weeks. He's been solid. He's kind of like Michael Thomas from a couple of years ago. A few big boomer bust weeks, but ultimately um, just very, very consistent. So you like to see that. Stephon Diggs for Dan as well over Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um Jalen Waddle, though, versus Tyreek Hill. This was an interesting matchup. It was about a wash between those two players. So yeah. uh, Adam Thielen versus Justin Jefferson was also about a wash. So it's kind of funny that those two guys all went against each other. Um, advantage for Ken Dalton Schultz over TJ Hawkinson. We just talked about Hawkinson. Probably can't start him for a couple weeks, but coming up soon, you'll be able to rely on him. And then Cooper Cup over Najee. Najee was the big acquisition by Ken last week. You don't love to see it. Najee's been real bad, uh, real bad. For a year two player, 24-year-old running back, not very efficient, not very explosive, yeah, major I'm, red I'm, flags. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm worried Najee's going to be the next Trent Richard. He <laughs> looks like I'm it, really, man. Oh, my goodness. He's starting to look like it, and I, I, I don't think it helps that 
that the uh, Steelers' offensive line is trash and their offense is trash, and they have first small round hands pick. pick it. The, I yeah. will say the only difference is wasn't yeah. Trent Richardson like a top three pick or something? Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think he I think he was the third pick in the draft. That's what I thought. So yeah, a little bit different. I, you can forgive him a little bit at twenty four, but it's yeah, a little it's, bit, but still, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good at all, especially when they could have taken an offensive lineman that year. So yeah, been rough. But on the bench, Gino, you know, he started Tua, so he had the best quarterback start of the week for himself. Um, Dan pretty much started the best lineup he could. There was really nobody else on his bench. Greg Dolchich is another guy that's kind of interesting. I like to see him. Going forward, he's he's very interesting there. Um, Dan just always gets lucky with who he drafts, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Ken did his best, but just ultimately wasn't enough. So Ken is now four and four. Dan is now in sole possession of first at seven and one. The next matchup was a an upset, big upset here. Uh, Keelan overcoming James. Uh, James was six and one going into this one. So he was kind of tied for first overall and losing to Keelan, who is now three and five. Again, I just talked about it. He's one game behind Ken. So big week from Ken or uh, from Keelan as well. 164 to 125 for James. You know, you look at them. Quarterback was about a wash. Aaron Jones was a big winner for, for James, but Kenneth Walker over Raheem Mostert for, for Keelan. Um, it was about a wash between Higgins and Lockett and AJ Brown going off for 40. <laughs> definitely helped for Keelan over Curtis Samuel, Zach Ertz over Pat Fryermuth. Rondale Moore had a massive week, 23 and a half points for him over Michael Carter. Terry McLaurin had a good week. Him and him and Taylor Heineke just are on a good wavelength. When Heineke's out there, McLaurin is startable. So that's really nice to see over Deontay Johnson. Like we talked about earlier, Pittsburgh, they just kind of they're they know that they need to throw in the towel on the air. They're not really trying. They're just hoping that they can develop uh going forward. Biggest miss, I guess, by James would be Jamal Williams on his bench. Garrett Wilson as well, but you don't blame him too much for that one. Evan Ingram. I did like Evan Ingram quite a bit in this matchup. I started him in a couple of leagues. But Tyler Conklin, oh my goodness. Oh my god. Yeah, man. No, it's it's it's, it's I, I I think he got what uh, 10, 11 targets or some something astronomical. No, he had six or yeah, he had ten targets, six catches, two touchdowns. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Tyler Conklin's crazy. really interesting for Dynasty. I like him a lot. Uh, I like him a lot. So um, pretty much it. That's it for Keelan. Great week for him. Um, yeah, just really helps when you got AJ Brown going for 40. So good win for him there. Then the last one, Max got absolutely smashed by Ryan. Ryan put up 230 points, smashed everybody by a good 45 points. Dan was second at 185. So that's a massive overcome for Ryan there. But yeah, Max put up 138 points. He would have beat me. I my point, dude. I just yeah. suck. This is what I'm saying. Don't give me hope. Yeah. I don't even think yeah, even if I win, okay. I don't think I have hope, man. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. But Jalen Hurts, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb just smashed. DeAndre Hopkins, all for Ryan. His bet. His worst player was Devonte Adams, who had one catch for negative one yard and a. Or, sorry, one catch for three and a carry for minus one. He had two yards on the day. 
it was oh a my weird goodness. day at in, in at New Orleans for the Saints. You know, it was it was a weird game. So. Yeah, Derrick Henry for forty. Like goodness Ugh. gracious, man. DJ Moore for twenty eight points. Ryan's team went off, man. Oh my goodness. Um, but on the flip side, Jacoby Myers for um, Max, someone that's really interesting long term. I like Jacoby Myers, but my problem with Jacoby Myers is. I think Bill Belichick's about done. Like, honest to God, I think that this might be his last year as a coach. And if he's done after this year, I just, I think that they're going to go a whole new direction. They're going to try and get new playmakers in there. It's just going to be rough. So, yeah, Jacoby Myers is interesting, but, yeah, I don't know. Long term, maybe not. I think that they'll replace him. So, there's that. Mike Evans, he's just getting old. Um, hard to say there. But Dalvin Cook also getting old. Ramondre Stevenson is very interesting, but he is an older back. You know, he's he's the same age as Najee, same draft class. So y- you hate to see that if you're in a, a full rebuild like like Max is. So it's a little rough, but you get to the benches. Kyler Murray for Ryan isn't even his best quarterback. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. You got Jalen Hurts and, and and Kyler Murray. You got good problems. You know, at quarterback. Um, but yeah, ultimately these guys set pretty good lineups. Uh, yeah. There wasn't much more that Ryan could have done in terms of points. Um, and Max, you know, didn't have even a shadow of a chance. But even if he had made a couple slight tweaks, it would not have made much of a difference at all. So Max ultimately moves to one and seven. Dan or uh, Ryan to five and three. So the final standings on the season right now, as we go into week number nine. Like I mentioned before, Dan is in sole possession of first place. Ryan is surging a little bit. You'd love to see Ryan not get a bye. You know, you can <laughs> you can still stop him. He's got some rough matchups up ahead. But, yeah, if Ryan cannot get a bye, that'd be the best-case scenario for him not to repeat his champion next year. You want him to play as many people as possible. But <laughs> James is still in second place at 6-2. and two. He's got a little bit of a rougher road now that uh, Hollywood and Jamar Chase are both out going forward, so that's a little rough for him. Ryan is now in third place at five and three, tied with Braden at fourth at five and three, Eric at fifth at five and three. That's a pretty close three-way tie there. Ken is in sixth at four and four, Keelan in seventh at three and five. I am now in eighth at two and six. I'm only two games behind. This is what I'm saying, man. There's so much. There's so many weeks left. There's six weeks left. I could technically surpass Kent. I just don't think it's going to happen. You could, you could, but I, yeah, <laughs> I don't think you will. And I, like, I just want everybody to give you so much hope, and so much positivity tomorrow, Sucks. Calvin. I just want to give them. I, I like. I just want them to give you all the good. Vibes. Oh yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and then <laughs> Rob is in is tied with me for ninth place at two and six, and then Max is in sole possession of first. It one and or 10th, I guess, first in the draft, one and seven. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting as the as the league goes on here. Hopefully, my goal is to sell out some of these players. I'm trying to sell someone like uh, uh, who was it, Chuba Hubbard, um, Deonta Foreman, those guys, Keenan Allen. We'll see how he does this week. Hopefully, he can kind of step it up, prove that he's still worth something, Allen Robinson. But yeah, I'm trying to move on from, from some of these guys. We'll see if I can do it or not. So, 
Stay tuned for next episode. That said, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Let us know your thoughts over on YouTube, on Twitter. Again, wherever you're listening to the podcast, if you could just leave leave a thumbs up, leave a review, leave a comment, whatever it is, just to help us with the algorithm. Anything you can do to help us out would be appreciated. I got some interesting questions for some rebuilding questions on Twitter just the other day, which those are always fun as well. So let us know your thoughts whenever you get a chance, and we appreciate hearing from you guys. Have a good night.